Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Greetings, fans of the esoteric, and welcome to Madame Magenta and the Arcati Killer, chapter... I'll never ever let you go. That sounds a bit ominous, doesn't it? Sinister? Yes. Is it from a song? It must be. Uh, yes, I think most of what you've been calling these chapters has been song titles, isn't it? So what's this one? I'll um, never ever let you go. Is it? It's not Rick Astley, is it? I don't know. No, that's I, never going to give you up. Oh, that's it. Well, the same sentiment. But it's anyway. something in that spirit. Anyway, anyway let's get going. Ahem. <laughs> Bernard finally makes an appearance at bloody half-past bloody midday. During the preceding three hours, I have texted and called him roughly every five minutes and stood undecided in front of the lift doors twice, chickening out each time, obviously. Roger might see me if I go and look for Bernard in the office. Of course, he already knows I'm here, but I'd still rather not bump into him. Three hours without a word from him. So much for keeping an eye on me while he works. Hello, darling. Bernard chirrups, pushing the door open with his foot. He enters the room holding a plate of cheese sandwiches and a mug of tea, beaming at me. Bernard, where's your bloody phone? Why haven't you been looking at it? Bernard halts in his tracks, surprised. Why, did you call me? He asks, putting the food and tea down on the table. His eyes flick to the freshly repacked suitcases on the bed. Is everything all right? No, Bernard, I say, hands on hips. It's not... Although I did explain this already in one of the thousand or so texts I sent you this morning. Bernard starts patting his pockets in an elaborate show of looking for my phone. Although it's fairly clear it's not on his person. Bernard favours extremely tight trousers. There's no hiding anything on him. I think I've left it in the car. He says meekly. Sorry, I didn't think. Why didn't you come down and fetch me? I've been at my desk the whole time. Because I think Roger's the killer, I declare. This pulls him up. What? Think about it. The killer was shagging one of Sandra's female neighbours. But Sandra's neighbours are an old man on one side and Roger on the other. And Roger's mum. So the killer must have been shagging Roger's mum. Bernard sits down on the hard fancy chair, looking bewildered. But you just said Roger is the killer. Are, are you saying he's shagging his own mum? I nod. Yes! Well, maybe it's not his real mum. Maybe it's just a woman he lives with who he's pretending is his mum. Ugh, I hope so. So maybe they're like Myra Hindley and Ian Brady. Maybe they're both killing off psychics together. Bernard looks conflicted. Well, what do you think? I fold my arms and watch his expression, trying to see if he thinks it's plausible. He blatantly doesn't. Hmm. I don't know, Magenta. He shakes his head. If Roger is Bob... Why would he shag Sandra? He lives next door to her. Wouldn't that be a bit risky for him? I mean, you say she hasn't seen him since you went to the police. But if they lived next door to each other, he could easily bump into her at any time. She'd see him putting the bins out, or call the police, and that would be the end of that. Surely no serial murderer would risk that. <laughs> I've already thought about that. Their street backs onto an alleyway, Bernard. He could leave and enter his house via the back door. Bernard rubs his chin, faint red marks still visible from yesterday's pen. But doesn't Sandra use the alleyway too? 
And when we went to Rogers for dinner, he opened the front door and pretty much shouted down the street. That's not what I'd call keeping a low profile. Mm, yes, all right, good point. I walk to the table and pick up a sandwich. Hmm, I chew, thinking. So here's the alternative. The murderer isn't Roger. That's probably more likely. Bernard nods. But why is his mother shagging the murderer? Why? Bernard scratches his chin again. I'm going to guess that she met him when he was leaving Sandra's one day and they hit it off. Just because they've had sex doesn't mean she's involved in the murders, Magenta. I snap my fingers and point at him. Hang on just one second, Mr. Doubting Thomas. I've had another thought. You're enjoying this. Bernard interrupts accusingly. Oh, you should have interrupted. I've had another thought. You're enjoying this. I glare at him. It's a bit weird to interrupt that, isn't it? <laughs> well, I think if you'd done it without me saying, you have to interrupt me, it, yes, it people just... might have wondered. Yeah, I see. Right, OK. But, but it is quite accusative. Accusative. Accusatory. Accusatory. Yes, I, I suppose it is, but... Uh, hmm, yeah. No, I'm not. What a terrible thing to say. I turn away, feigning hurt, but not for too long because I'm dying to fit the next piece of the puzzle into place. Didn't Roger say his mum was interested in the occult? I continue, swinging back round to him. That's why half the house had Gaia imagery and mystical religious thingamies and all that voodoo stuff. Isn't that a bit of a coincidence, seeing as he murders women who are into that sort of thing? Maybe Bob targeted her. Maybe Bob is going to bump her off next. Bernard goes to open his... I've put mother. You... <laughs> What a typo. That is a hell of a typo. The sentence here says, Bernard goes to open his mother. <laughs> but I raise a finger Maybe to Maybe she's a piece of taxidermy in the corner of the room. Which has been conveniently and ra rather obscurely not mentioned up to this yes, point. Yes, and, and it's uh, used to keep knickknacks in it or something. You're it's not, been not, hollowed out. Yes, you're not renowned for your proofreading, are you, dear? <laughs> oh, it's so boring. <laughs> Once you finish something, just move on to the next thing. All right, Bernard goes to open his mother. His mouth. I think I, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident. I think we can interpolate that, yes. Bernard goes to open his mouth, but I raise a finger to shush him. No, I say, shaking my head, dismissing what I've just said. You're right. That would break the pattern. She's not a professional psychic. She's a dabbler, a punter. We sit for a while, thinking. Do you really think there's a chance that Roger's the killer? Bernard finally asks. I sigh. No, not anymore. I'd become so convinced he was the killer, though. But now we've talked it through, it doesn't hold water. Communication, eh? It's a miracle worker. No, I repeat, you were right. Chances are his mum just had some sordid one-off romp with Sandra's ex, and that's what Bobo smelled. Roger's mum is probably as clueless as Sandra. Bernard comes over to give me a hug. I pat him on the back with the half-eaten sandwich still in my hand and chuckle ruefully. At least we don't have to leave. I was all set for us getting the hell out of here and flying to Rio. We still could. Bernard smiles. I smile back, tempted. As if in disagreement, the room suddenly plunges to very unRio-like temperatures, and Gaynor apparates next to us. Leave this place at once! She screeches like a proper old-school spook. Even the fabric chicken on her head looks more gothic than usual. Oh, what now? I say peevishly, breaking away from Bernard. I'd only just calm down again. All these ups and downs can't be good for my blood pressure. Bernard has sensed Gaynor's presence. It's not hard. It's like sensing that someone's put an ice cube down your vest. Is it? He begins. Yes, it is. Gaynor, what's the problem? Gaynor floats over to our suitcases and flaps her hands over them. Obviously frustrated, she can't just pick them up. 
Come on, get your things and let's get out of here. Why, I demand. I've been following Eldris to see if he's any closer to finding anything out. Gaina says, wringing her hands. I've never seen her so agitated. He's just been to the house of the neighbour. Oh, I relay this to Bernard. Eldris must have paid heed to the list I texted him. Fast work. I turn back to her. And? He and his partner tried to speak to the woman who lives there. Roger's mum, I supply eagerly. Gaynor continues. She told them she didn't know anything, that she'd never heard of Bob. I hung around after they left because she was giving off disturbing vibrations. She looks at me. You know the kind. Mm, yes, yes, I murmur. Although I don't really know what she's talking about. I suspect she's more talented sensitive than me. So this woman... The mother. Elspeth continues. You what? Elspeth continues? <laughs> oh, no, God! Oh, this chapter's riddled. This is riddled with uh, typos. You know why? It's 70% through the book. You've and given it's up very, by this day, haven't you? Hard to keep the same sort of <laughs> attention to detail. You're also not known for your sort of note taking, are you? And you, do, you don't generally sort of make uh, sort of, you know, the little note cards that writers put right out well, and they move around. You just them. You write little notes and then who knows where they go? The same place lost socks go. You've invested in a whiteboard now, haven't you? I have. I rarely write on it. Does it make it any easier? <laughs> Well, you know, I accidentally used that permanent marker on it, didn't oh, I? Oh, yes, that's true, and yes. now it's got... What did I put on it? It says on it, uh, get arms for double R. Oh, that's right. That was for a gig we were doing at the double R club, wasn't it, dear? Yes, in And London. I was uh, going to burst onto stage with a pair of extraordinarily long arms, which I did do. You did do it. It, it was, was a hit. It was very Everyone effective. Everyone loved it. Yes. yes. And, um, yes, I wrote it on the whiteboard in permanent marker, so get arms for RR is yes. there. Forever. Proudly displayed above all of your. I writing. think we're getting off the point. All right, so it's, it's not Elspeth, it's Gaynor. Yes. So just let's just go to the start of that paragraph again. Okay. So this woman, the mother... Gaynor continues. As soon as the police left, she rang her son. Roger, I supply, because it's nice to contribute. I can see Bernard in my peripheral vision, tensing up every time I speak. When she got off the phone to Roger, she went upstairs. Gaynor says. I followed her. There was a man there, and he also had a most peculiar aura. It was different to what the woman was giving off, though. I've never felt anything like it. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, I lie. So the woman, Roger's mother, she told this man that you and Bernard were hiding out here. Roger must have told her. Then she made another phone call and they both left to come here. When did this phone call happen? I ask. About 20 minutes ago. Gaynor says. You've got time to get out of here before they arrive. I turn to Bernard and relay the rest of the info. Honestly, I've just been a conduit this past year, like an occult switchboard operator. In conclusion, I say, I don't have a bloody clue what's going on, but I rather think we shouldn't hang around to find out. Agreed. Bernard goes to the bed and grabs both suitcases. I take a fortifying slug of tea, grab my handbag, and off we go. We're in the hallway when the fire alarm goes off, shredding what's left of our nerves. Are they testing it? I shout hopefully above the racket as we scurry to the lift. I jab the button, but it doesn't light up as you'd expect. Shit. No, I don't think so. We never normally test the fire alarm on Thursdays. Bernard yells back. He looks at the unlit lift button, his forehead creasing. The power to the lift automatically shuts off when the alarm is set off. We could wait for it to stop, or we could take the stairs. We don't even discuss it. In silent agreement, we head back down the corridor, looking for the staircase. A thought suddenly occurs to me, and I turn to the hovering form of Gaynor. Gaynor, I shout. Go and get Eldris. Tell him to come here. I think we might be in trouble. 
Gaynor gives me a thumbs up and instantly disappears, although truthfully, I don't know if I've sent her on a fool's errand. For a start, it's unlikely Gaynor will be able to communicate with Eldris without the services of a medium. Bernard and I find the doors to the emergency stairwell and burst through, the alarm still howling like a banshee. At the top of the stairs, I grab one of the suitcases from Bernard. Many hands make light work. One level down and about three minutes later, he takes it back off me and I croak my thanks while leaning heavily on the banister, chest heaving, moisture pooling under my turban. Whew. Seconds later, we reach the ground floor. I keep expecting to be leapt on at any moment, but we haven't seen a soul, or unsoul, the whole way down. Presumably everyone filed out through the front exits when the alarm went off, whereas we're leaving the mansion via a side door. Dave! Bernard exclaimed suddenly. We'll have to go and get him. He's with the building manager. He'll be at the gathering point in the car park. Let's go, I say. No one can do anything if we're surrounded by your workmates. We loop round the building, which takes a while as it's massive and my heels keep sinking into the turned soil of the partially frozen flower beds that circle the house. As expected, when we round the final corner, the car park is striped with orderly lines of office workers, mainly of the bald and fat male variety. They look like rows of skittles. And they say women age worse than men. It's just not true, is it? I wonder why I injected that. Why do you feel the need to... <laughs> To abuse Just men. abuse some men. I'm sorry about well, that. Well, you know, mo most men, you know. We approach. A man in a luminous yellow windsheet has spots Bernard. Do you want to be the man in the luminous... You All right, I'll do an impression of a man, shall I? Yes. There you are. Oh, very good. He tuts, ticking something on a clipboard. He looks at me suspiciously. Who's this? My wife. She's just visiting. Says Bernard shortly. Bernard looks like George Clooney compared to the rest of his team. I allow myself a small glow of smugness. Bernard continues. I have to find Alan, the building manager. Do you know where he is, Peter? Peter ignores the question and turns to me. Well, hello, wife of Bernard. Do you have a name? I grit my teeth. Magenta? Oh, of course. This information obviously excites Peter. The mystical magenta. <sighs> We've heard a lot about you. Peter waggles his fingers around as if casting a spell and pretends to cringe in fear. Please don't turn me into a toad. I wouldn't need to, I mutter, and then louder. Ha <laughs> ha very funny. Bernard grabs my arm. Look, there he is. He points to a small cluster of people in a circle, at the centre of which is a very happy Dave. We make our way over, ignoring Peter's blustery attempt at further conversation. Despite being surrounded by cooing fans, Dave is very excited when he spots us. Much of our communication can't be translated into English, and some of it arrives as pure emotion. Thus a wordless flood of love arrives directly in my brain. I scurry forward to give him a cuddle. Sorry, everyone. I realise I may have pushed a few folks out of the way in my rush to get to him. Don't worry, I'm his owner. I grab the leash off a confused-looking chap, grizzled and thin, as befits the more active job of looking after the building, one assumes. Thanks, Alan. We'll take him now, Bernard says, and then off we trot to where our car is parked, although Bernard slows to a halt before we get there. Ah. He pats at his pockets. You've left the keys inside, haven't you? Yep. In the background, the fire alarm finally desists, and the throng applauds ironically. I bet they applaud when a waitress drops a glass at a restaurant, too. Jesus, how can Bernard stand it? Oi, oi! Says a gruff voice behind us. We turn. Two bald, fat men are approaching. Great, I sigh, and brace myself for more inanities about spills and toads. Can we help you? Bernard asks, a strange tone to his voice. The men stop, and now I see my mistake. That's not fat. It's muscle. 
They're not a couple of Bernard's colleagues. They are, in fact, the goons from outside our house. Looking for these? Says the smaller, more dead-eyed of the two. He's dangling our car keys from a finger. Yes, I squeak. Thanks for bringing them to us. Chuck them here, won't you? Sorry, no can do. Elspeth wants a word. Bernard and I look at each other, then back at the goons. Who? We, we managed to say that in time. Yes. That was rather impressive. That didn't was. even Didn't even rehearse it. Very nice. Yes. Makes up for all those typos. Yes. <laughs> well done, my dear. Well, there was quite a long one, so maybe we'll finish there. Dramatic chapter, though, Ooh, wasn't it? Oh, it's all heating up. The goons are on them. Yes, and Elspeth wants a word. Yes. I think we might be racing towards a finale. Can you figure out who's sleeping with who? So Sandra's ex-boyfriend, Bob, yes. slept with um, Roger's mum. Y- yes, so it appears. Yes. Right. Very confusing. According to Bobo the dog. So who is Bob? Who, the Bob the killer? Do you, have you figured it well, out? Well, we, do, we don't know yet, do we? That's do you the, know, though? Well, I, I, I can't remember. No. But And you haven't figured it out from the clues? No, I don't think so. No, I, I haven't. But, but that's a good mystery, isn't it? Oh, actually, I think I've got an idea. Oh, do you, well, you did write it. So yes. Should the be coming back part. to you. It? <laughs> it's amazing how much it isn't. Although, you know, I've gotten through... I've, I've reread books and only realised on the last page I've re- read it before. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. In a way, it's it's kind of refreshing, isn't it? It allows you to experience things anew. No, oh, yes, being an absolute goldfish of a human being has its yes. perks. Well, you know, uh, uh, many years of uh, what is it, ayahuasca, and channeling the the spirit realms probably does leave a few sort of uh, well, holes you, in the old noggin after a while. You know, you you uh, nothing's for free, is it? No, that's no. true. That's There's very always true. a price to pay. Yes. You just got to accept what it is. Anyway. <laughs> right. So we end with a bit of philosophy. That's true. Very good. You can take that away, listeners. Goodbye. The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish. Hello, Maria Kennedy from Hero Trackers here to tell you about a special report we've been working on at Hero Track Media. With the help of my producer, Shayna, we are going to reveal the life story of a mysterious hero that, as far as we can tell, has never been covered by a media outlet before. Subscribe to this podcast feed to learn more about this hero and the strange circumstances surrounding their life and career, and how they might be connected to your favorite heroes. Coming soon from Hero Track Media, Vigil. Vigil, Season 1, an audio fiction superhero thriller in 10 parts from All In Productions. Featuring Haley Sanfilippo as Maria Kennedy and Adam Kudashat as Vigil. Subscribe or follow to make sure you're the first to know about Vigil. Vigil.